One, two, three, four. And we're back. back. <laughs> I beat you. Uh, you had no chance. Five seconds. Uh, oh. Yeah, right? This is the seconds episode. And this is actually the second time we're recording it. Uh, because we really didn't do a very good job of the first time recording it. Yeah. Because, so. uh, I don't know. But hey, you know, everybody deserves a second chance. Everybody? Uh, I don't know. Who do, who doesn't deserve a second chance? I don't know, like Jeffrey Dahmer. Right, he doesn't deserve a second chance to eat people. He already had one go at that. And I think he did really well at it. You know? It's true. Like, eh, <laughs> you hate people. Did a bang up job of it. Now, uh, try and do something besides eating people. Do you think when you're feeding your own cannibalistic desires? When you say you're you're going out for Asian, now you're assuming that... I have cannibalistic desires. <laughs> I I didn't I wasn't assuming anything. I would like to talk about that now. I uh, that just leads me to think that you have cannibalistic desires. I mean, who doesn't? I don't. This is why whenever when whenever someone gets around a baby, they're like, "Oh, I'm I'm gonna eat you." I'm gonna eat you. I'm gonna eat you. But I think it's actually because they want to eat babies uh now we're going into that whole weird q thing so we got to back out of that uh, let's get back to seconds so seconds 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 second. so we decided that we would make this episode about seconds also you know it is the second episode of the second season of our podcast second year recorded on I mean second uh, uh the computer no i mean what's the date oh uh, uh february 2nd 1982 <laughs> Sorry, we, 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 when we came here, we met these guys that were uh, in Berlin from uh, uh, Nottingham, and they were in town to go see Infrariot play on Saturday, and we just chatted with them for a bit. So in, in my head, now I'm like uh, stuck in 82 somehow. I think you've been stuck in 82 for quite some time. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not 10 years old mentally. I'm like 14 mentally. I'm totally fine with that. Uh, 14 was 14's good years. Bad. 14 was good years. You know, I was talking about this uh, last night. I said, yeah, I'm still uh, uh, humoristically 14 years old. But when I was 14, it was really annoying. Now it's kind of quaint and charming. Mm. Oh, he made a fart joke. <laughs> this old man. <laughs> look, yeah. at, look at him go. Oh, so cute. Still moving around like that. Oh, he's geez. so spry for his age. Gosh darn. Um, so, uh. So why seconds? Why, why 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 would we make an episode about seconds? Because I think the thing is, is that we thought about like like we're doing a second season. Well, we had a good first season. Why would we do a second one? Didn't we do it fine the first time? You know, and 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 what do you do in the second season? You know, it's like, it is like the second album or the second movie or the second everything. You know, why? You know, why do you do a, a second anything? Well, I mean, I guess because you felt like the first offering was successful, you don't want to quit. Okay. You want to keep going. I guess it's that drive to grow, to move forward kind of thing. But here's my 
question about this season is do we do the same thing over again or do we try and branch out i mean are we motorhead that puts out the same album over and over again or are we some other band that doesn't put out the same album over and over again i don't i don't listen to those bands i mean i don't know i guess that's for us to decide you know i only like bands who put out the same album over and over again progress nah really you you're, you're, you like your bands just one that's lane it. the whole time that's it what's a good band that has progressed through the years up until a certain point, I was actually a huge fan of the way Neurosis grew. Yeah, okay. That, that, okay, you're absolutely right. Yeah. No, no. I mean, sometimes bands try to branch out and it fails miserably. Uh-huh. Famous second album that bombed was mm-hmm. um, Bad Religion's second LP, which is called uh, Into the Unknown. No idea. Never listened to it. It was bad. Really? I mean, they had like synthesizers. They tried to make like a prog punk album. Uh, weird. It flummoxed massively. Everyone fucking hated it. It went out of print immediately. Okay. And uh, it took them a while. took them several years to come back. And then they came back with like uh, Suffer. Suffer. Yeah. Suffer, I think. But that was like years later. See, because I went straight from uh, How Could Hell Be Any Worse to Suffer. I never actually knew there was anything in between. Yeah, the cover's got like uh, the cover's got like a picture of like a universe and like the Bad Religion logo is in like Star Trek font. It's real bad. It's real, real, real bad. Okay, if you can see this, I'm making a really stink face. Yeah, he's making a very stink yeah. face right now. Okay. Uh, what what about second? What what about sequels like movies? What's what's? I mean, the 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 given is Empire Strikes Back. Every every Star Wars head will say, "Oh, best sequel ever." I mean, that's a great sequel. Superman two oh. was good too. That was fun. Uh, we talking about Christopher Reeves? Yeah. Which 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 one was two? Uh, Superman two had uh, Zod. Zod General Zod. Yeah, Ugh. that shit was cool. Yeah, I love. I actually, was pretty I actually preferred Superman two over Superman one. Yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah. typically sequels kind of fall flat. Why is that? I think it's because they try to uh, reanimate old tropes from the first movie uh-huh. to please the audience. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, the audience, when they see that joke come back, unless they're real dumb, you know, kind of groan and be like, "Oh, they just recycled." The jokes like the the hangover movies to me were kind of perfect example because like hangover 2 they basically just remade hangover 1 without pushing the boundaries too much and yeah, they, to they me just it put was it like in a different setting yeah and i liked the first movie a lot but like the second oh. one was like it's okay i kind of like the second one but isn't that what we're doing here isn't that what we're doing we're, we're like like redoing the same shtick again for a whole second episode like why does anybody care you know why, why wouldn't wouldn't people at home uh, uh say they already did that uh, uh, you know what i mean well i mean i don't know i think we have enough ideas between the two of us to not rehash something hey if we're recording this a second time i'm not sure that's a truism <laughs> true or, or one thing I was thinking about, one thing I was thinking about on, on the bus today, I was thinking about this. This is this this is kind of weird and, and and maybe this is confrontational. I don't like to confront the audience. I like to bring them into my living room and let them watch the fireplace and get warm and snuggle up. 
this is what I do with our audience. Uh, that's why my voice is like this. Ah. Um, I, I, I was thinking, like, why is usually a punk band's second album not as good and metal, el- metal band's album's second album is better? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with money. Metal bands, once they start getting support, once they start having successful tours, money's coming in from record sales, touring, they have the time to really extrapolate on these fanciful musical ideas they have. Punk bands burn hot and bright and oftentimes very quickly. So like a punk band's first seven inch and LP are generally solid gold. But after that, you know, there's no money, there's no support. It's a lot of struggle unless they're really, really good big band. And oftentimes punk bands kind of fizzle out after their first offering. I think I think a lot of the, the in, inherent nature of punk is that like spontaneous spark of instant creativity, like bam, oh, we got this in your face, boom. To where the metal bands, metal is more of a genre that refines. To where punk is just spontaneous. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's more I, about energy. I really think that's a lot of the essence of punk. I mean, you look at you look at the punk crowds and stuff like that. It's very spontaneous. Like, oh, we do whatever the fuck we want. Oh, you know? How many times do you come home from a show and be like, wow, I, I did it. No idea it was going to be like that. Yeah. You know? But you go to a metal concert and it's like, yeah, that was that. The band was amazing. But the uh, besides the music, that was about what I expected. Well, I mean, sometimes, you know, you really like a band and they put out another album and you're like, oh, fuck. This was so not like the first one yeah but 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 i also think that that, that some bands have a golden period you Mm -hmm. know there's some bands that put out the same album over and over again some bands progress and a lot of times the bands that progress they have this golden period where maybe it's their third album that like for instance neurosis third album is just golden you know uh souls to fear their second and third albums are just brilliant and after that it's like they keep regressing and that just kind of wears out you know i think sometimes also it takes it depends on how long a band has been together if they just formed as they work more together they find their sweet spot and they really figure out what their sound is all about sometimes with punk bands start knowing exactly what they want to do. There's not really a whole lot of room to progress or grow. And mm. maybe that's why the second albums kind of falter because like they kind of nailed it the first shot. Yeah. Metal I think has got more way more room for growth. I think that's absolutely true. Um you can you can write us if you disagree. Yeah, so Rudimentary Peni, I mean first LP is genius, first two 7 inches genius, but as they progressed and got weirder and weirder and weirder, I mean, like cacophony. Come on, that—that's like a. Oh, I love cacophony though. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Huh. To me, cacophony is like a masterpiece. Huh. But 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 that was to me that was because it was the first album I bought by them. Mm. That was in in those days where you couldn't get whatever you wanted immediately. You had to go to the record store and be like a record store hound. 
you know, waiting for something interesting to come in on the second hand, you know, and okay, I've heard all these punks talk, you know, you're just a kid, so you hear other people talk about rudimentary peanut, oh, I don't know what that is, and you see, I had the, I found the cacophony tape at Fallout Records, it's like, oh, rudimentary peanut, this is this band that's changing everybody's lives i have to have this and you go home and listen to it and you're like what the fuck is this i don't get it i don't get why this is that big of a deal but i still listen to it over and over and over again to try and figure out why it's affecting everybody so much and then years later i heard death church and it was like Oh, now I get yeah. it. But I still love Cacophony because it was still that first like charge, yeah. you know? So I think sometimes it's uh, going back to seconds. Sometimes that first inspiration you get from a band totally is what really matters, you know? I mean, my first introduction to the Subhumans was the World's Apart record. Which, wait, which, which one was that? That, it's that got was the, with the yellow hands with, on it. With the yellow, yeah, holding the yeah, paint of glass yeah. and the guy's falling through it. Oh, that's not, yeah. Okay. Oh, but I love this album. Yeah, because that was your first. But not just because yeah. it's the first, because even after I discovered Day of the Country Died and, you know, all the early seven inches, the uh, EPs. You still go back to that and love it. I still go back to yeah. it and I love it. And I actually really love the musicality of it. I love the atmosphere. I think it's a great album. I think it's a very understated album. My uh, my first subhumans was twenty twenty split vision. I still love that. So good. What 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 was your worst first? Maybe maybe this episode is more about first because first is, or, or or we could talk about that. Why is first more interesting than seconds? You know. But I mean that's so subjective though, and it okay. it can change so much. Okay, I think okay, you're overthinking okay. this. Okay. Okay. I mean, I know that's that's the problem is that uh, since uh, this is the second time we, we scrapped the first version of this second uh, podcast because I I have a problem with overthinking everything to death and I overthought it to the point where I just like uh, went off the rails as I do. Um, where do you think that so, comes from? Yeah, I mean the typical, you know, you're not good enough. Uh, Nobody paid attention to me, you know, and I wanted to make make my voice heard, you know. So it's like since I'm not good enough, and ta ta ta, I have to make sure that it's something worth hearing, you know. Well, this is a kind of interesting thing, like, and I think this essence of like overthinking something is what leads to bad sequels. It's what leads to bad second albums. Like you had a success with your first offering. Then the next one comes up and you're like, oh, we got to make this better. But you put yeah. so much energy into this idea of making something better that you forget what made the first thing great because you're trying to like beat it. So I guess it depends on what it is. I think with like music and movies, oftentimes, you know, you can stick to your formula and still be successful, but it depends on kind of your vision for your creative output. So with your creative output, I mean, uh, Phalanx only had one album, uh, but Countdown had a couple. What was your what was your uh, mindset from the first to the second? Was it just like uh, we're gonna do this better, or we're gonna do the same thing again but better, or is there a difference? I mean, with that band. 
we had sort of a, always this kind of idea of like growth and pushing boundaries in mm -hmm. mind. I think the difference in our albums is that we just became a tighter unit and like learned how to play what we were trying to play much better. Okay. So for me, like the later material, like greatly outweighs the, the earlier stuff. Okay. But I still look back at some of the early recordings that we did and, you know, I really love and cherish this space we were in where like we want to like make hardcore music, but we want to like make it more atmospheric and ethereal. And some of our early recordings are like kind of crazy, you know? Okay. You can see that. I mean, I don't know that I've ever listened to any of your albums uh, all the way through, but listen. It's because I saw you guys play live all the time. So what was the point of listen? I just waited till you guys played again. So don't fault me on that. No faults Please. whatsoever. Okay. Like when you see a band live constantly, it's, but yeah, it's live versus uh, live is always better. I mean, not always, but in general, live is always better. Also, sometimes I think you look at your friends' bands differently than you look at... Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Which is weird, because like, I've been friends with people in some pretty amazing bands, but I always kind of view the band differently. I don't view them as this... Echelon. Yeah, it's like uh. this person on a... This group of people on a pedestal that are like mysterious. Maybe it's like this essence of mystery yeah. that's not there. Yeah. You know, I love a lot of my friends' bands, of course, but like I don't listen to them the same way that I would listen to like my favorite artists, you know? I, 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 I tell you this story, you know, the band, uh, what is it? Vardroon? Is it? Oh, the, okay. Kind of pagan. Yeah. Like, yeah. So apparently. Vardruna. Yeah. Apparently, I'm friends with the, the singer of the band. Had no idea. He's a he's a he's a, a, a traditional hand tapping tattoo artist. Done so many conventions with this guy. Get just hammered, fucked up with him after the convention. He's really a brilliant human being. And uh, when when Nacho came to uh, one of one of the the uh, Scandinavian conventions I was doing, I introduced him. I was like, Hey, Nacho, this is this is my friend Kai. And Nacho's like, oh my God, so cool to meet you. You are such a big influence. Your band is amazing. I'm like, that's Kai. Why are you saying that to Kai? Like, do you not know his band? And like, no, that's Kai. What the fuck are you talking about? You know, had no fucking clue. He's in this like major epic band. And the funny thing was, is, is uh, me and Nacho took a road trip around Iceland later and he was like, fuck, uh, fuck off. I'm going to play some Vardruna for you. And he played it. Like, fuck, I know all these songs. I've heard this, like, many times, you know? I don't know how, but I'd already... They, they were, like, that big. I'm like, how did I not know Kai was in Vardruna? It's crazy. Huh. But also think about the way you approach your art. You know, you do this remote drawing exercise all the time, right? No, I do. I do. Uh, uh, not remote drawing. Uh, uh, I, I don't know what you would call it, where, where I just draw without thinking about it. Yeah, is exactly. That what yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that called? I can't fucking remember the automatic. Automatic drawing. Automatic drawing, where you just draw without thinking. You just keep your 
your pencil or your pen or whatever on the paper. You put on some music and you don't know, take your pencil or your pen off the paper and you just keep going. And then you throw a sheet off and then you go and then you throw a sheet off and it just warms you up. What's the intent of doing this? It's like a, a, a runner uh, uh, just uh, doing some warm up stuff before you start the marathon, you know? It's like warm up, get, get your hand moving, get it, get it comfortable with moving and, and working. It's, it's totally the exact same as warming up for any sort of strenuous physical exercise. It's totally a warm up. Is there anything like that for photography or? I can't think of not it. Not really, because photography really, yeah. photography really needs intent behind it. Right. You're not going to get out there and just like, oh, I'm just shooting a bunch of pictures and stuff randomly. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Although that could be fun. I mean, sometimes, uh, you know, when I was first starting, I would waste rolls and rolls of film just shooting every aperture and every shutter speed combination to get a better understanding of like how each setting affects the later. Okay, but that's that's also it same sort of idea same sort of exactly idea but also you know if you're if you're getting up to play a show you know you've seen a million bands and i'm sure you've done this is where you hear them play like uh smoke on the water or paranoid while they're tuning up and getting ready you know warming up you know because because uh you warm up because you're doing your first chance because you got no second chance when you play a concert you can't go hey um shit that that wasn't so good so come back tomorrow and we're gonna do better and 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 that's the interesting part if there is anything interesting about this episode is we're talking about seconds in relation to second chances mostly and that's why i overthought the first one because second chances really aren't that interesting you know, give me give me one funny story about a second chance that you ever had. I mean, I, I bet you give me one about a first chance. About a second chance? I don't. Yeah. I mean, funny. I don't know. Yeah, I've exactly. had plenty of second chances in my life, but um, I don't know if any of them are funny. What, 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 what's a good second chance you got in your life? On a very basic level, getting really excited about playing a, a legendary music venue. And then your band cans it. Yeah. Fucking cans it. Right. And then maybe you have like another chance on another tour to come back and like redeem yourself. Okay. 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 What, what, what venue would that be? Got one in particular? I would say like for me, the first time I played ABC No Rio in New York oh, was okay. like a big deal. Man, we killed it at ABC No Rio. Uh, you guys well phalanx didn't i feel like phalanx didn't do so great oh, at ABC. um did you go back and play there again i went later? Ba- i went back there with meshkia okay okay and oh, meshkia, had meshkia a, killed it meshkia had a it was a halloween show with mischief brew at abc in rio it was everyone was dressed up like it was that was a that was a killer show. So, yeah. the, for, so that's kind of like a redemption deal, you know. Meshkia never needed a second chance. The, the best always. We we had our moments. <laughs> we weren't always great. Okay, okay. Uh, 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 a side plug for Rob's old band. Check out Meshkia, spelled M-E-I-S-C-E. See, I know how to spell Meshkia, but I don't know what fucking year it is. All right, all right. Give me a second chance to remember what fucking year it is. Eh. Isn't isn't part of editing stuff out giving yourself a second chance? 
I mean, kind of. It's more I mean, like re- it's more like of. saving your first chance. Yeah. Okay. 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 Second chance is like you really have to go through a process all over again from the absolute beginning. Yeah. So you think the 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 say if I do a touch up, the touch up on the tattoo is not really the second chance. No, not necessarily. I have uh, unless they laser it off and you got to like redo uh, the whole piece. Man, nobody likes lasers. I love lasers in sci-fi, but uh, on your body, I think they're not comfortable. I don't know. I've never been lasered. Me mm-hmm. neither. Uh, I mean, you should. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Someday we should talk about that. The uh, worst punk tattoo contest that we had that Rob uh, won first place. In 2006? Was it 2006? Yes, it was. Fuck, time goes by. And I had some fierce fucking competition in that. From me. Because <laughs> my tattoo, old punk tattoo, is just as bad as yours. Was it your subhumans one or what? Yeah, 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 subhumans one. But they wouldn't give me the award because I was one of the producers uh, so they said well let's go right even though mine was way worse than yours yeah but yours is way thicker than mine yeah mine's it's still bad i never got it lasered or fixed yeah but that's 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 uh what do you call it uh uh old friend of mine tip it called it gur points oh that's cool like i don't know what to do with all these shitty old punk tattoos i got he goes whatever dude you got gur points Kelly, yeah. Kelly Halliburton once famously said, our entire subculture is built upon a foundation of bad tattoos. And it's true. Speaking of which, I, I, I think we need a cigarette. I think we do too. You want a cigarette? Let's have one. All right. Wunderbar. Zishin. So anyway, we're back from a cigarette, and uh, I just I just want to say uh, I was thinking about this during the cigarette that, that for some reason I feel so much more pressured to have a spot on talking podcast than I did the first time. The first time, just like oh fuck it, nobody's listening anyway. Let's just goof off and talk shit. And this time, it's like. Ah, there's people listening. Now I have to perform or whatever my version of performing on a podcast would be. Do do you get that feeling at all? I mean, for me, not. But I guess I view this project not so much in terms of performing and trying to please uh, an audience as much as it is more just, I like hanging out with you and talking to you. Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way, but, you know. So for, for me, I, I haven't felt any external pressure. I feel external oh, uh, pressure with the podcast in terms of, like, editing timelines, which I'm not so great at, nah. and keeping things on schedule and yeah. organizing. But, like, uh, as far as the actual as far as the actual content and the everything actual <laughs> well, well what's the content is there content we just talked we shit. established very early on that this is not a uh, podcast about content we we, <laughs> we 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 just get an idea up and then we kind of roll with it and we figure out what happens from there you know uh stream of consciousness sort of thing <clears throat> do you feel the same kind of pressure with tattooing oh jesus I'd rather talk about stream of consciousness than tattooing. Okay. <laughs> I, I think there are many artists who can just whip something out off the top of their head 
and have it be brilliant. And there's some people like me who have to overthink the shit out of every tattoo they do, know exactly what I'm gonna do before I even do it. There's no uh, room for improvisation, you know? The thing is, 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 is what, what, what is more preferable to the viewer? Stream of consciousness, where, where it's like first thought, best thought? Or is it editing something to refinement, to where it's like in its perfect diamond stage, you know? I think there's arguments for both. It kind of just depends huh. on what you want your art to look like. If you're playing very technical music, or you're a very technically oriented painter, illustrator, you know, this refinement process is also intrinsic to like the end goal. But if you're more uh, ethereal about how you approach art, mm -hmm. this I think applies to like jazz musicians and, you know, experimental avant-garde kind of creators. It is more about the moment of creation and just harnessing that and letting it run wild. So I think there's arguments for both. I don't think there's like a blanket, you know, one that can be applied to every discipline and genre. But which would you prefer? I mean, for me, like, honestly, I'm more of a editor and refiner. Okay. I mean, it's, it's intrinsic in the work I do with graphic design, with video stuff, playing music. I have kind of grandiose ideas that I'd like to try to actualize. And that process involves pre-thought, thinking out things beforehand, making an outline, having some sort of structure so that when you do go into the creation process, you're not just flying by the seat of your pants, you know. However, there are some times when I totally overthink something and ruin it. And I look back and think, had I just freed myself from my own expectations of my own capabilities that I would have had a better product in the end. Uh, so there's gesture drawing versus this hyper realistic, uh, and, and you can't really spontaneously produce hyper realism to where you can spontaneously produce like a gesture or an impression, you know? Mm -hmm. But I was just thinking of like uh, uh, when I was studying ink drawings by the uh, Asian masters that uh, they would do a, a, a perfect bird with two strokes of a pen and ink. And it's like, that is beautiful. That looks exactly like the silhouette of a bird, uh, bar none. But when you uh, learn about it, you realize that that master has done that a hundred thousand times of doing that same two stroke over and over and over and over again. And to me, it's like maybe that is the overthinking, over editing part, sure. you know? So there's like a uh, where, where, where they both kind of combine. At, at that level, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, I don't know. I've always thought that was super interesting. I've, I've always tried to go in that direction, but failing miserably, obviously. Sure. You know? I mean, I think there's a lot of... Hey, I just said failing miserably, obviously. You said, sure! <laughs> <laughs> it's that obvious? Okay. Anyway, anyway. Um, <laughs> I, 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 Do you have any examples of your own 
personal uh, experience where overthinking something uh, screwed you in the end? In, in my head the other day, I wanted to start branching out in a different style of, of uh, drawing and painting. So in my head, I had this idea of uh, Iggy Pop as Ziggy Stardust. Iggy Stardust, that's funny, right? And I fucking did this painting in about four hours. I was like, wow, that looks cool as fuck. Just kind of sloppy, but focused as well, you know? And I looked at him like, that's really has a, a, a feel to it. And then I said, okay, cool. I'm going to do that again. Uh, I, did, I wanted to do a, a Dirty Debbie Harry. You know, Debbie Harry with a with Dirty Harry's gun. It's like, oh, fuck. Okay, cool. Going the same vein. And as I'm working on it, I wasn't as spontaneous as it, I was with the Iggy Pop. And it just looked had this static look to it. Because I, I had that first inspiration to do this. Okay, cool. I'm going to use ink instead of paint. I'm going to use this different paper. And this is like one shot or not, you know, with, with, with the ink I was using. Instead, the paint I was using, you could do, redo, redo. So um, that's why it was so spontaneous and, and, and vibrant with the first one I did. And then the second one I did with the Debbie Air, it's like, that doesn't look as good. It's static. It's overthought. You know, even though I was using a, a medium that you really can't go back and redo, I didn't have that, like, make it and be good with it, you know? Follow your idea, you know, kind of thing. And so to your to your question, yeah, that's, that's the one time I, I, I felt like... I started realizing, you know... Uh, I think a lot of times things become very static if you overthink them. And and I think we're drawn to spontaneous uh, visual art because it has that, uh, I don't know, humanistic or I, I don't know. Would you, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I guess for me, like the moments where I fail at something or that I've overthought something and I've killed a song or killed my inspiration and you know didn't edit well or whatever shot something like shit on video it's that act of failure that actually works as the seed for a greater creation afterwards because all throughout my life you know this is like personal professional creative Everything that I have really failed at has been the actual moments where I learned something. Yeah, of course, of course. You only learn through through failure. But sometimes, sometimes when you do something really well, you come back at it and go, oh, I did that really well. I'm going to do it again. Mm -hmm. But then you're overthinking it. Yep. You know? Yeah. Spontaneous. You overthink it. Second time, ah, fuck, why, why, why wasn't that as good? Yeah. Because you did it already. You did that, you know? Now do that again, but not that. Mm -hmm. uh, sounds weird. 
No, it, it makes perfect sense to oh, me. Oh, 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 oh. You know, when it comes down to overthinking, a lot of it is really just stemming from, you know, your own personal insecurity and your own, maybe it's like something you're parents told you when you were a kid or you had a teacher that was basically telling you you would never succeed mm. so you've got like this uh kind of baggage from your upbringing and your youth and it manifests itself in your present day really there is no external force for the most part telling you that you're not good enough to do something it's really coming from yourself sometimes you put out a record and somebody fucking bashes it in a review i i can't i wish no marketing panache (laughs) oh he hates it when i bring that up because i i've I've been with robber a long time i remember his first record review his his uh label aborted society put out a compilation and they got reviewed in maximum rock and roll and the brutal review was it lacks marketing panache what does that even mean I don't know. And, you know, quite honestly, like a punk fucking zine saying you don't like you lack marketing panache. Like, what the fuck is that? Mind you, Uh. this was, you know, a compilation which had like a fucking 20 page booklet. It had hand silkscreen covers, colored vinyl. I mean, like that's that shit was full of marketing panache. But what does panache even mean? I don't know. Uh, it's a French word, isn't it? Whoever wrote that song. When, when a C-H-E goes cha, then, then it just sounds French to me. Yeah. I mean, I think panache in that... Uh, Pana- is it panache or panache? Uh, panache in French. Oh, uh, But uh, We'll ask Felix. <laughs> Feelsies, we're counting on you. Feelsies. Uh, but like, uh, you know, I think what they were trying to say that was, it was like primitive and unrefined maybe for it wasn't entirely it wasn't entirely a bad review but like that 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 was such a sticking point to me because Mm. i was like fuck marketing panache is like the furthest thing from punk that i could think of yeah because i remember when that review came out and you were so stuck on that for a long time and i remember when i read it because you're like look at this i'm like huh Fuck them. But you were stuck on it, you know? And and to me, it was always like, no, fuck them. Who gives a shit? Fucking maximum rock and roll. Fuck off, you know? I mean, I guess, like, you know, particularly at the time, MRR was sort of like the... I know. It it was the the holy grail of of punk fucking subculture. I mean, they were the kingmakers, for lack of a better word. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good way to put it, I think. But, you know, in retrospect, slightly less than half of my reviews in MRR have been terrible. Okay. But. I didn't know that. That was the only one I ever read. Oh, Countdown got roasted. What? Multiple times. Man, that record was really good. Um, I already admitted that I never listened to it. (laughs) So. What did they say? The last LP we put out, it started the one with Brandon on the on the on the ground. Yeah. Okay. That record, <laughs> weird cover. I didn't get that. We're just gonna put Brandon in the woods and have him lay down and take a picture of that. Why not? Maybe because I know Brandon. Like, sure. Why is Brandon laying on the ground like that? <laughs> well, you know, you the, know? <laughs> the record is called "Through the Wires." It was basically 
trying to reconnect with humanity and essence of you know what it means to be alive through all of the frayed wires of technological advance that have kind of stripped us from our humanity so that was the concept of the record and so brandon should lay on the ground (laughs) well you know it's like (laughs) i don't mean to take the piss out of you for for, no no no. i mean the concept was to have you know somebody from some someone representing kind of like a you know i guess like urban modern civilization nestled in a canopy of like overgrowth forest. Yeah. That that was kind of the loose idea. Maybe in my head I saw it and here, here, here. Oh, this is interesting. Maybe in my head I saw it and I was like, why didn't they ask me to lay on the ground in the forest? You know, like in a egotistical way. Okay. Because so I'm saying I'm saying it wasn't a bad it wasn't a bad album cover. I just think it I feel like uh, since I know Brandon, to me it was like oh, why is Brandon laying on the ground like that? That's weird. And maybe I'm not saying this is a thing. I'm saying maybe in my head because I, I I'm able to like like uh, take myself out of my ego and look at it and go why you know. And I'm I'm asking I'm taking myself out of my ego and asking myself why would you think that about Brandon, and then like I can question myself and say like maybe it's because you wish you were the one laying on the ground, being like hey who the fuck knows could be but it's it's hard to, hard to but interesting story about that photo yeah okay is that uh it was spontaneous that we did not yeah. We, I did not plan to take that photo that, when we did. Lay down, I'm going to take a picture of you. Well, we were, <laughs> we were on a little camping trip for my birthday at the time. And I was struggling with this pressure of having to try and come up with like an interesting album cover. Mm-hmm. And we were on a little hike and I saw this canopy. And I looked at it and I had a spontaneous spark of inspiration. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. And so I talked Brandon into lying down in there, which he did not want to do, by the way. It was really wet and kind of gross. But I was like, I have, I'm seeing something. I think this might be a potential for an album cover. Mm -hmm. And so I talked him into doing it and he, you know, put on his jacket and we hiked over there and, (laughs) you know, he laid down and he was very uncomfortable during the whole time. And I was kind of like half laughing and I I took several shots. So Brandon was uncomfortable. Yes. Interesting. (laughs) Very. We need to delve into that. That could be a whole podcast. But this is a, but this is the thing. Like you know, I had spent so much time overthinking and stressing out about this uh, album cover, uh, and then we're just hiking through the woods, and I just see this like kind of interesting scenario, and it look. I saw, I had a vision, of like a punk lying down, at the base of this canopy, and like surrounded by like, these huge old old growth trees, and yeah. that was it. As soon as I had the spark, I was like, that's the cover. I don't know. I think there's something beyond spontaneous and over edited that we're not really getting. Maybe our viewers can help us out with that. But I think I think there's something 
dynamic. There can be dynamic overthought, and there can be dynamic spontaneous, but where does it converge, you know? We talked a little bit about the... Uh, the uh, Asian Asian master uh, uh, ink drawings, you know, and and to me that's a convergence, but I don't know where. I think I think that maybe is the quest for all visual artists is to find where that lies. Sure. You know, where is your spontaneity overlapping with your intent and getting that just a the 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 muses speaking to you and going like perfect you know and it doesn't look forced but it doesn't look sloppy because mm -hmm. i guess i uh, at the end of the day that's the one versus the others because over editing could look forced as fuck and spontaneous can just look sloppy garbage you know like why why even bother you know sure. i think sometimes <laughs> like uh when it comes to creative ideas like particularly with songs it's nearly impossible to force a song out of yourself. You almost have to be in the right mindset to receive the song. Yeah. If this makes any sense, like, you know, all the times that I've really tried to sit down with my guitar, I'm like, I'm going to write a good Totenwald song today or something like that. I usually just sit there fucking blank, mm -hmm. you know, rehashing a couple of riffs, getting frustrated, putting my guitar away, and then, you know, sulking in the corner, smoking a cigarette. But at times when I don't have this expectation of myself to create something, my mind is actually more receptive to uh, inspiration and idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you, you let your whatever part of that part of your mind is out and you just tune into the part that tunes stuff in. I don't know. Yeah. Um, um, for example, Michelangelo said uh, that he didn't try and sculpt anything out of a block of marble. He just tried to release what was already in there. Mm -hmm. And when I wrote, I didn't write that many songs, but I wrote a few. So when I was writing them, I thought I would think to myself, the song is already written. I just have to put it on paper. I don't know if that's too like weird metaphysical, no, no, no. but that's just like like the it's there. It already is. Just let it exist. Ugh. I don't know. We're getting really weird and metaphysical this time around. I kind of like it. Uh, I don't mind. I don't mind. Uh, I think with art and with music and literature, oftentimes there's sort of a prescient nature about things. Like you can write something and then prescient. Prescient means like uh, it's foreseeing. Okay, okay, you okay, know, okay, like okay. It, it means like uh, you it, it, you have sort of this primitive uh, clairvoyance mm -hmm. where you write something and then later on the thing that you wrote about actually kind of happens. Okay. And I think with music and literature, particularly and visual art, all of the creative like endeavors, there is this sort of prescient nature that can exist within. Not all the time. I don't know how many times that I've read books about things that happened later on. You know, books. What were they? <laughs> so I I, I want to tell you a funny story real quick. 
Okay, okay. So, uh, you know, I, I sang in that band in the old days, uh, uh, the Blood Clots. Uh, we don't need to go into that. It's fine. Uh, but uh, the new singer started, and he got, like, a little bit hyped up, and he was talking to me one time. He goes, hey, do you, do you think I've done a good job replacing you? Which is a weird thing to ask somebody. Like, what are you going to say, you know? Does, does the ex-boyfriend ever come up and say that? So, uh, hey, think I'm doing with her. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? But but he says to me that, and I say, uh, actually, you're doing you're doing really good, but you you're not you're not me, and you never will be. You know? And he says, well, why do you think that? I said because I mean, you you remember me back in the old days? I was just fucking like pretty chaotic. I said, well, you just like uh, don't uh, create random acts of chaos. He goes, what do you mean? Well, if I was you, I'd just hit me in the face right now. So he hit me in the face. And then I looked at him. I said, yeah, but I told you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't random at all. Yeah. Uh, That's know. free will versus uh, determinism. Yeah. So, like, like, tell somebody. Be random. Okay. But, but, but I just told you. Oh, one of the best graffitis I've ever seen was like, think for yourself. And under it, somebody wrote, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not how it works. Okay. I just, I just like feel like uh, this, this episode was very like uh, overthought because this is the second time we did it. And I'm just going to throw this out there. Next episode, no thought. Like, okay. Like, Allen Ginsberg versus Kurt Vonnegut. You know what I mean? Allen Ginsberg, first thought, best thought. He wrote all that howl shit just straight out of his head. Never re-edited it. Uh, Kurt Vonnegut would write uh, 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 his book, bury it in the backyard for a year at least, or so he says, who knows. And then he would uh, dig it up after a year and go, okay, is this still good? Mm -hmm. And I want to go back to Allen Ginsberg. Okay. Do you know I saw Allen Ginsberg perform live before he died? It was uh, right next to the Seattle Center. It was like uh, some show space off of there. A friend of mine actually worked there. Uh, but yeah, saw Allen Ginsberg before he died. Wow. Amazing. That would have been like, awesome. I'll tell you, if any, if any of our uh, uh, listeners, ah, see, I say listeners now. Holy shit. I'm doing good. Uh, if any of our listeners don't know who Allen Ginsberg is, please read him before you listen to us again. It could be life-changing or not. Either way, don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Uh, so. All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us. I uh, hope Zach isn't bored. Okay. I think Brandon will listen to this one, too, because we put him in. We, we talked about, oh, Brandon. Like, hey, why don't you think I look good in that picture? I, I wasn't saying you didn't look good in the picture. I was saying like, Ugh. why do you wish you were me? I didn't say I wish I was you. I, uh, uh. He looks pretty good in that picture, I will say. I, he's a good looking guy. So anyway, for all you good looking guys and good looking girls, this is uh, We Can Edit That Out, episode two, season two. Goodbye. Hot Hot Hot
if you like what you hear, you can uh, follow us on Instagram at 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 what? Well, I mean, you, this is the part where you say our. Oh, Instagram. okay, okay. Uh, we can edit that out. Underscore podcast. Also, we are on the Facebook. If you're uh, into your weird aunt posting conspiracy theories, uh, we're also on there, but we don't post conspiracy theories. We no. just post pictures of us drunk. That could be a conspiracy, though. Yeah. All right. That's possible. Uh, maybe we're deep state uh, and we're, we're uh, 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 eating, eating babies while we're um, taking pictures of us as punks back in the 90s. That's a weird conspiracy, but I'm on board. That made no sense. Anyway, um, on Facebook, we are... We, we can... Ed- hey, I thought that was me. No, that's my... That's no, my- that's me. You were leading the Okay, book. yeah, that's right. That's right we can edit that out on Facebook. Not on... The, you don't write in on the Facebook part. You just write, we can edit that out. And then uh, maybe we can edit this part out. Uh, for any uh, underwear or non-related uh, non-underwear, sorry. What? For Why are any, you sorry? For any it's perfect for any underwear or non-underwear related topics or questions, mm-hmm. please email us at w c e t o p o d c a s t at with a circle around it g-m-a-i-l period c-o-m or should i just say it? Uh, maybe if you say it, it'll be easier for people to remember w-c-e-t-o podcast at gmail.com i don't know because 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 the w-c-t-o you say the letters but you really can't say wakito i guess that's how you'd pronounce yeah, Wakito is like a Wikito. very weird fringe diet that some people are on. And it's basically where it you... sounded Hawaiian to me. It's where you don't eat anything. You just listen to our podcast until you lose weight. Right. I did that. That's why I'm not chubby anymore. <laughs> um, he's a little chubby. No, but yeah, okay. Love, uh, just love handles, though. That's not that bad. Also, uh, you can listen to us wherever you find your podcasts on the Spotify or the iTunes or the Stitcher, uh, anywhere you really listen to your podcasts or get your stories, you can, you can find us. And if there's a place where you do listen to your stories and you can't find us, write us and let us know because we probably don't know about it. Yeah. Let us know. Because we're old and... We're kind of dumb. Yeah, this is important shit. We need to be up at times with the kids. Yeah, with the fax machines Uh, and the Bachman-Turner overdrive. See, here's the thing. What we were into was never that cool. So we will still always be cooler than everyone else. I'm going to close with that. That was good. That's a good closer. (laughs) All right. Bye. Send us money.